0: This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast.
1: I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel podcast on iTunes. And today we've got a topic that's a little bit different. We're not talking about pickup trucks, but we're talking about Jeep diesels and off-roading, which is a really cool combination of our enthusiasm for diesel engines but then also the capability of jeep and what it can do off-road so we're going to be chatting with shauna from nitro gear and axle and she's going to tell us about this really cool wk build that they did where they have a solid front axle conversion and atlas transfer case really cool suspension custom bumpers and it has a diesel and we're going to go into you know, how does diesel perform off-road is it better than gas what are some benefits are there any drawbacks to it and then also kind of open up the whole conversation about gearing and how they were able to take advantage of aftermarket gearing to be able to keep the engine and its power band, use it off-road, but then also off-road. And a lot of this information is going to transfer over to your pickup trucks, whether you got a Ford, GM, or a RAM truck, and how you're going to be able to do that for you know 35s, 37s, even larger tires, and be able to keep your truck running the way that you want, in the RPM range that you want. And if you decide you want to build an off-road vehicle and you want to stick with diesel, they've got a ton of information about it. Before we get to the podcast, we want to thank Diesel World Magazine for all the support that they give the podcast. And we encourage you guys to go to dieselworldmag.com and bookmark their page. Check out what they're doing. They cover a ton of different topics in diesel, whether it's custom builds, racing, new products and events. And with events, you know, event seasons coming up right around the corner, they'll be traveling the country and covering everything for you guys. So we want to thank them for their support, encourage you guys to bookmark their page, buy a magazine, and, and check them out. All right, let's get to the podcast with Shauna from Nitro Gear and Axle. Learn more about Jeep diesels and how capable they are. Shauna, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I am excited to be able to chat with you today and talk about Jeeps and diesels and off-roading.
0: Awesome! Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about my passion and jeeps as well.
1: And before before the podcast, we were talking a little bit, and you had mentioned I think the Jeep model that everyone out there is really interested in, and that's the Gladiator. And I know we're going to touch on that later in the podcast, but I wanted to start with having you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at Nitro Gear and what your specialty is there.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, my name is Shauna Ayers. I have been at Nitro Gear now for three years. Um, I come from off-roading and have been an off-road enthusiast my whole life. That's how I got into this company. Um, At Nitro Gear, I do a little bit of everything. I do um, a lot of data entry and payroll, but then my main job is marketing. I manage our entire marketing team, our content creators, our graphic artists, and our social media people. So they all kind of answer to me, and I decide where our marketing dollars are going to go that year and what trends are going to be.
1: So you wear a lot of hats.
0: Yes, everybody here at does. <laughs>
1: Well, the The topic that I think is so interesting, and we've never talked about this on the Diesel Podcast, is Jeeps and specifically with diesel engines. And you guys have done a ton in off-roading and a ton of different vehicle platforms. And I wanted to ask you for your opinion, is how capable are diesel-powered Jeep vehicles?
0: They're... There are a lot of reasons why people do diesels in Jeeps. So lots of Jeeps come with diesels, and that's not really all that well-known because the Wrangler never did come with a diesel in America. It does come with a diesel in other countries, and the Wrangler is the main off-roader. So people don't really think Jeep and diesel together. However, they do exist. So They're actually out there on the trails, very capable, and there are entire companies dedicated um, to putting diesels in Jeeps. Peruser Conversions out of Florida is is just one example. Um, We actually personally owned a CRD diesel WK that we wheeled extensively for several years, so I have firsthand knowledge of wheeling some of these Jeeps with diesels. So I would say as a platform, the diesel is a better off-roader than a gas vehicle because of the amount of torque a diesel engine puts out. You
1: know, when, you know, as far as taking, you know, a vehicle out, maybe it's it's not a competition vehicle, but, like, a lot of our listeners are going to have a Cummins or Power Stroke or Duramax, but then they also like to off-road, and they might not mix the two, and they're thinking, hey, do I get, you know, a gas-powered Jeep or a diesel-powered? What specific things, say, besides the torque, like... Um, either capability, um, less maintenance, um, better fuel economy if possible. Like what kind of things does an owner of a a diesel-powered Jeep experience on the trail that someone with a gas engine may not?
0: Well, I'll tell you a funny story. The first thing that you're going to experience is a lot of funny looks. (laughs) Uh, Last year at Easter Jeep Safari, which is coming up, um, we took our diesel Grand Cherokee, and I'll never forget this. We were coming up an obstacle, and I had come up in my JK, which is a different kind of Jeep, and then um, another employee was coming up in our WK, and a guy in the crowd said, that thing is knocking so bad, it sounds like a diesel. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really funny to me, because, um, and I look over at him, I'm like, because it is a diesel. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I think the main advantage is the torque, but moving past that, um, they're going to have a lot of people are swapping diesels into older Jeeps, which were carbureted. So if you're doing a diesel, then you don't have the problems that carbureted vehicles have, you know, inclines and elevation and things of that nature. Um, The other advantage is fuel economy, because a lot of these trails, like for example, every year we do the Rubicon Trail, and I've done it in our diesel. people have to bring fuel. Actually, this last year, I took my LS swapped to JK, which gets 10 miles to the gallon on the trail, and I had to bring fuel because it's such a long trail that um, my tank doesn't hold enough to get through it all. So uh, with a diesel vehicle, you're going to have a huge advantage there where you're going to get a lot more MPGs um, out of your tank of fuel.
1: Do you think as far as the operating costs would does one engine have more, uh, I'd say a, a better benefit as far as like when you're thinking of buying a, of a diesel powered vehicle, they tend to run, you know, cost a bit more, um, versus the gas counterparts. But then with say the, the, the fuel economy or the sturdiness of the internal components because of what's going on in the engine that maybe they kind of equal out. Or is that, is that something you hear people say when they're you know, maybe you're at a show or at an event, and they're like, "I really want to get into this, but I don't know which which one I should buy." You know, is one, as far as operating the vehicle, is one cheaper than the other, or are they about the same?
0: I think that's the age old question, right? Like everybody who's ever bought a truck ever, the argument is always, "Well, the diesel's more expensive, but it'll last you longer, or mm-hmm. it it costs less to maintain." Um, I don't know. I feel like it kind of all averages out in the end, but I mean. The age-old uh, debate and the age-old uh, saying, as far as diesels go, is that like at 100k they're just getting broken in. You can <laughs> yeah. run a diesel forever and ever and ever and ever, and gas engines that just isn't that isn't the that isn't the mantra. They're, they just don't last as long. I I think that's always a debate question, but I, I mean, me personally, I do see the longevity with a diesel
1: i think what's really cool and you mentioned it was the diesel swapping older jeeps and the different platforms that are out there and i think cummins has a new one the 2.8 liter cummins and there's the 4bt and there's other things that are out there and i think from a diesel enthusiast perspective it's like we just want to diesel swap everything you know whether it's a car <laughs> truck jeep man it doesn't matter we want to do that but it's so cool i think to merge the enthusiasm for diesel performance and the enthusiasm for off-roading and capability and just going off pavement that this is such a cool topic and we had had talked a a little bit ago and you said you got to go to pirate 4x4 and you got to check out this wk build that we did and i know it's a podcast there's no visuals or video or anything but if you could describe that build because it is one of the coolest things i've ever read and and that what i saw and and what you guys did with it i know our listeners are going to love to hear about that
0: Okay, well, if we're going to talk about my Jeep WK, there's going to be a lot to say. So, <laughs> uh, this thing is a really cool build, and if people have the opportunity to look it up on Pirate 4x4, it's super easy to find. You just search Jeep WK Nitro Gear and Axle build, and it'll come right up. Um, the Jeep we bought, and, you know, bone stock, and then we knew we wanted the diesel. Like, that was the only requirement that this vehicle had to have, was it had to have the diesel. So we were able to get one. They are a little bit more expensive, and they, we have been seeing a trend where they hold their value. So that right there tells you um, that the diesel is worth buying in that platform in the Jeep WK. Um, this build started out, you know, just a plain old Jeep, and then we built it twice, actually. So the first build we did, we left it IFS and did, um, you know, built beefed up axle shafts. We regeared it it um, to... For I want to say we re geared it to four eighty eight the first time, and then um, you know put lockers in it and a few other things, and then we realized that the i f s was not quite tough enough for what we wanted to do with the vehicle, so we did what everybody with a jeep wants to do as we saw what axle swapped it because. The Jeep Wrangler is still a solid-axle vehicle, front and rear, but all the other Jeep platforms, every single other one of them, the the Grand Cherokees, the Cherokees, the Commanders, the Liberties, are all IFS. And most Jeep uh, purists are solid-axle purists. So we were able to do a solid-axle swap. We did a Terra 44 out of a Jeep JK and swapped it under our um, WK. And we did King, you know, all the King... um, shocks and uh, we did all these custom built sliders and a custom rear bumper and Hutchinson bead locks and the coolest the, one of the coolest things about this is it had an Atlas r- transfer case <laughs> and because this was not built to be an off-road vehicle we ended up having to cut out the cup holders so if you want <laughs> to have a drink on the trail you can't Uh, (laughs) There's no drinking and driving in that rig. Uh, And that was a really fun, you know, thing. People would get in it and be like, what are those extra shifters for? So that was for the Atlas transfer case. And we did, you know, big, beefy drive lines. And the build was just very, very, very cool um, just from the moment that we built it. And we actually used a lot of the stock WK parts for the first build and then we realized like this isn't going to work so we built it up again so hutchinson beadlocks 37 inch tires atlas transfer case um, custom armor all the way around uh king bump stops solid axle swap to this day i claim and i you can fight me on this if you want people <laughs> but i claim that this is the most built grand cherokee in the world
1: yeah we're definitely gonna to link to it and show pictures of it because people have to see it. it It's legitimate. it's it it looks really cool, but then just going through the parts list, it's like opening a like a, a catalog and just being a kid in a candy store, seeing all the stuff you guys put on it.
0: Yeah, we didn't say no to anything. Um, <laughs> the The Jeep gets a lot of attention um, everywhere it goes, and the new owner uh, is still seeing a lot of that attention. I see it all the time on his Instagram. Um, this, I, I've told, I when I advertised it for sale, I did say that it's the most built Jeep WK in the world because of just the sheer amount of, it took us two weeks to build the rock sliders because no one made a bolt-on rock slider. So we built our own. And um, no one made a rear bumper that we liked that was high clearance. So we built our own. So there's so many custom parts. And then a lot goes into solid axle swapping a vehicle.
1: Last on the last podcast I did with Jeremy, it was really cool. He was telling me that like that the the people that are there are enthusiasts. They love motorsports, and we were talking about you know some guy with a, a Cummins race truck and a Turbo four hundred. Calls they can help that guy figure out the gearing for it because they're enthusiasts like they're they're reading about it they're watching it they're they're competing themselves or just having fun either off-roading or racing or driving their trucks or whatever it might be do you guys get a lot of people calling in who want to do a very similar wk build like you guys did and are just looking for guidance or suggestions or hey i want to you know get something similar you know what can i do to make this happen and and kind of i'd say build towards it instead of doing it all at once but kind of do it in stages is that is that Know you guys get get uh, calls and emails about
0: Absolutely like every day um this build when I was driving it around uh I can't even tell you how many people are like oh can you give us you know tell us how you did the solid axle swap so that's honestly why the uh the WordPress and the um Pirate 4x4 build came to be was because so many people kept asking us how we did it you know if we could tell them the parts to do it and what we've done with this Grand Cherokee, people absolutely want to do. Um, the funny thing is, a lot of people will call and ask me uh, how hard was the diesel conversion. <laughs> 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 or I was at a <laughs> I was at a fuel stop one day and I was getting some. I hop out of the Jeep and this Jeep stands way bigger than any Wrangler because of the body. You have to make it much taller to clear a thirty-seven inch tire. So I'm five foot five, and I hop out of this big jeep, and I'm putting fuel in it. And this guy runs over to the pump, and he nearly knocks me down. And he's like, "You can't put that in there. You're going to ruin your car." And I just <laughs> look at him, and I'm like, "First of all, it's a jeep. Second of all, it's a diesel jeep." <laughs>
1: here in in Colorado, I know I think the most popular vehicle here is a Subaru, but there I I think right behind that are jeeps. And it's a big culture here in a lot of other places, but it's just they're they're so cool and there's there's so much capability out of them. And I mean I've had one and I loved it and I miss it and I want to get another one because when it snows or you wanna go up in the Rockies, there's nothing better to take up there and it's you just going back to when we're talking about this episode, you're like, you can do you can have a diesel power Jeep and go do this and it's like this light bulb went off in my head of I can combine two really cool things with this. And then the, the wheel started spinning and, and everything like that. And, and reading through that build sheet and then, you know, seeing what you guys have done with it is really impressive.
0: Thank you. We put a lot of work into all of our builds. Um, and we, we like it when other people appreciate how much goes into them. So there is definitely a lot of um, enthusiasts that do work here at nitro gear and axle, me being one, but I would say the majority of our of our staff are enthusiasts. Like um, if you look in our parking lot, there is seven or eight diesel Cummins trucks. There is a guy with one of the new um, color- diesel Colorados. There's, you know, my big Jeep and another girl that works here has a big Jeep. And so I pretty much everyone that works here is, is an enthusiast in one right or another, whether it be diesel, off-road, um, performance.
1: I wanted to ask you about the gearing because on the last podcast we talked about the importance of regearing when truck owners go to larger tires and saving the transmission. How did the transmission hold up in that Jeep with what you guys were putting it through?
0: Oh, uh, well, this actually what's cool about this Jeep and I don't I don't know if you're familiar with the NAG1 transmission. Comes in a lot of things. Actually, I think it came in a Corvette. It, came, it comes in the, in the Jeep JKs, the, the 12 and up Jeep JKs, and it came in the WK, which is a great transmission. Um, there are lots of diesel and, you know, other transmission shops, but I say diesel transmission shops that offer tuning for those. Um, it did very well. So what we did actually was we put a 488 gear ratio into this Jeep with 37s, which with that power band should be the sweet spot, and it was. But we wanted to be able to go faster on the highway at a higher speed. So we actually, um, when we put the Atlas in, which was a 3-to-1 Atlas T-case, uh, we decided to go down a little bit and go to a, a 456. And that was because our low range was so low with the 456 and, and the diesel. We just didn't need a 488. So we went down to a 456, and that, it drove perfect.
1: Oh, that's cool. So you can have the best of of both worlds, so to speak, and just kind of a nice compromise between between the ratios and everything.
0: And we did the same thing with my Jeep JK. It isn't a diesel; it's LS power. But when we went when we put an Atlas transfer case in it, we reduced the gearing. We went from a five thirteen down to a four eighty eight.
1: One of the the Jeep things I think I know it set social media on fire and all the magazines and everything else and as you know at heart i'm a pickup enthusiast and when i saw the jeep gladiator it's just like i don't know something about it just called to me from the instagram post i saw where it said like buy me buy me what are you guys are you guys really excited to see see it hit the market and start uh start developing you know parts and builds and things like that for it
0: I mean, are we excited to finally have a Jeep truck after 25 (laughs) years of not having one? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) No. Uh, We're so excited about this Jeep truck because uh, the enthusiasts have been asking for another Jeep truck forever. And there are companies that their entire business is building Jeep Wranglers into converting them into Jeep trucks. So the Jeep Gladiator, our biggest concern as enthusiasts when it first when they first showed it to us was that um it wasn't our i guess our big big thing was like it was going to be too expensive um, but they just released pricing and they're they're comparable to the Tacoma, the Colorado, and the Ranger, which are other mid sized trucks. The Jeep enthusiasts sees this vehicle and they have a lot of gripes um, one is the rear um overhang of the bed over the rear axle has like a 26 degree departure angle but that's more than the the colorado and that's more than the ford ranger and it's about on par with what the Tacoma offers the other gripe that the wrangler owners had was the uh, wheelbase it's got a 137 inch wheelbase which is significantly longer than you know some wranglers but uh I don't see that as a problem. I mean, it can be a problem with breakover angle, but with a Jeep having the body style it has, you can put a larger tire around that, which will prevent that. So that was everyone's concerns with it. But all in all, the Jeep base, I think, was super excited to finally have a truck instead of having to pay $25,000 to have your Wrangler converted to a truck. Uh, we, as a company, are excited because now people don't really tow with their Wranglers. I mean, they do a little bit. Wranglers aren't rated for towing. And regearing and towing have to go hand in hand. If you are running a larger tire and you're not re-geared, there's a problem. So with the new Jeep truck, I know people are going to put larger tires on it, and I know they're still going to want to tow with it because they're claiming this thing has a 7,650-pound uh, towing capacity. So I'm really excited to get our gear ratios out there, and we're going to do ratios specific to the Gladiator platform, and not just the same uh, 456, 488, 513. So we're going to do specific ratios for that truck, and I'm really excited to see how well these trucks tow with larger tires and being regeared, and I am waiting to buy one until 2021 i think is when the diesel is supposed to come out
1: oh very cool that when you were when you were talking about the gearing i just thought of a question and that is when you know instead of just offering the same gears for the same vehicles what goes into offering them specific to say like this jeep gladiator versus another type of vehicle what um what makes it different where you guys would look at ratio specific to a platform?
0: I am so glad you asked because we just re-engineered those for the Jeep JL which is the all-new Wrangler so the ratios that everyone knows uh, 410, uh, 4411, 456, 488, 513, 538 these are the common ratios and actually I've heard rumor that they come from like you know the old days of drag racing so these are the ratios everybody knows, so that the ratios that companies continue to make, us included. But when the all-new JL came out, I said, this was my pet project, and I said, this isn't right. These ratios don't match up with these tire sizes, and they don't match up with the vehicle's power band. So how we configure new ratios is, and anybody can do this if you're trying to decide what ratio you should go with. So it is a simple math problem where you have two fractions, and you find the difference between the two. So you have... The vehicle stock, and the, so let's say you have a Rubicon, um, Gladiator Rubicon, and I don't know the ratios that it's going to come with, but let's assume it comes with a 410, um, and it comes with a 32-inch tire. So then you, that's your first fraction. Then your other fraction is you, you have to solve for the gear ratio, but the lower number is what tire size you'd like to go with. So let's say you want to go with a 37. So what we did is we found out okay well a 33 and a 30 or a 32 and a 37 the percentage difference is I don't know what the percentage difference is but let's say it's 20%. So you take that 20% and you apply it to the gear ratio. So I need a gear ratio that's 20% the you know re- deeper gearing to figure out what ratio you're going to need. So that is how we figured out all the new ratios for the new Wrangler, and I'm going to do the same thing with the new Jeep Gladiator truck because if you do a 456, a 488, a 513, it is going to give you more power. It is going to help you tremendously, but it is not going to be exactly back into your power band. These ratios that we've developed for JL will put these owners exactly back in their power band, and I think that is going to matter to the Jeep JL owner and the Jeep Gladiator truck owner simply because of fuel economy, which people are trying to, people care about now. Even in off-roaders, they want decent fuel economy and in the Gladiator it's going to be important for towing capacity because if you put a larger tire on your truck and you do not change the gear ratio, you have essentially decreased your towing capacity. So we want to put these vehicles exactly back to stock power band, exactly where they need to be to perform because the eight speed transmissions that are in these things, they behave better that way. And because it's putting your towing capacity back exactly where it needs to be and your fuel economy.
1: There's a lot of crossover as well into the diesel truck pickup truck realm as well with that. And it's so important that 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 I think truck owners uh, Ram, you know, Ford GM, th- they think about that as well because for a long time the trends like oh well I you know my truck makes 900 foot pounds of torque or 1200 or whatever it is I don't need to worry about gearing I'm just gonna throw 37s on there and and go and they can do it but then you start to see okay now the transmission's starting to have issues or the turbo's response isn't there and how important the gearing is and I think as a company. And someone listening and your customers, they can sit back and when they call or or email you guys, they have the confidence to know that you guys have thought outside the box how to incorporate, you know, the science behind it, the math behind it, understanding the vehicles, and then you guys are enthusiasts. So it's all combining into when you get this product, you know it's going to, you know, depending what ratio you go with, it's going to perform the way you want because it's been well thought out. It's just not the same old, you know. 410s, 456s, 488s, whatever it might be, that I think has been ingrained in us as truck owners forever. So It's all we've ever read are just those things. And I'm not sure how many, you know, enthusiasts out there, truck owners, think, well, what is this doing to my power band? Is it keeping me where I need to be? Is it working well with the tires? Is it working well with the intended use of my truck?
0: Right, and that's our mark as a company and as always been Nitro Gear and Axel's mark as a brand and as a company is that we care about the enthusiast first and foremost and we are the most and I'll stand by this um, anybody can fight me on this one too we're the most innovative gear company on the planet there are other gear companies that are bigger than us there are other gear companies that are smaller and there are other gear companies that are cheaper and there are some other gear companies that you know make things we don't make but Our company is constantly innovating. Um, The WK I spoke about earlier, we are the only company in our industry that makes a ring and pinion um, for the Jeep WK. We make a 410 gear for that vehicle. Uh, No other companies make that because they said, oh, those people will never put bigger tires on it. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't know Jeep owners. Jeep owners, (laughs) we will put bigger tires on anything. (laughs) (laughs) So they underestimated that market. And then the same thing with the Colorado and Canyons. We were the first to market with gears for those. Um, the new Tundras and Tacomas were always first to market with Toyota stuff. Uh, we have billet aluminum third members that are raced on the hit show Street Outlaws. Um, and in a PDRA um, race series. And we have differential parts in diesel race vehicle like Ryan Milliken's um, diesel-powered Chevy Nova. So our brand is, one, is to always serve the enthusiast, but two is to always innovate and always be better and grow the industry, the market, and our ideals of what my truck needs. So that's what we do.
1: I know after the last episode that we did with you guys, it totally changed the way I viewed modifying a vehicle because I was of that older mindset where, I've got a diesel truck, I have a programmer on it, and whatever upgrades, I don't need to worry about gearing, I can just overpower the bigger tire size. And I think tire and wheel combinations, that's probably one of the first things I think we do. You know, the trucks look great, that's the brand we like, has the power we want, but we don't like the stock wheels and tires. And we tend to go larger and do different things, and that's what was so cool and totally changed my my mindset, which is, you know, one of the few times... I think that's that's kind of happened doing podcasts. Is like I get to talk with really interesting people and really cool builds and stuff. But every now and then I get this curveball that totally changes the way that I think about performance or motorsports. And that's what the gearing did for me was exactly what you said about you know the performance. I think the reliability and the different options that are out there. Whether I want to wait and buy a Jeep Gladiator with a diesel or I want to take you know, my Cummins and you'll race it or whatever I might want to do, there's a product
0: for me. Absolutely there is. And I do think that gearing in general gets overlooked in builds. Um, and that's unfortunate because gearing is such a huge part of how your vehicle responds, your throttle response, your transmission response. I can't even tell you how many times a day when I'm at a show, someone comes up and asks me about gearing and I explain it to them and they go, oh, well, I'll just get a programmer. Um, that's not the same thing. Uh and I know a lot of people maybe don't know that. A programmer, sure, you can put in your programmer that you have thirty seven inch tires, but it is not going to change that axle ratio at all. And you're leaving a ton of power on the table if you don't regear. Even if you have, you know, huge horsepower, like my Jeep, for example, has five hundred and fifteen horsepower. People would say, Well, why did you need to regear it? Well, because I couldn't use any of that if I wasn't geared. And then there's the additional stress put on your transmission from the constant up downshifting, upshifting, up-shifting, down-shifting, that is wearing out clutches, that is building heat, that is doing all kinds of things inside your transmissions that you don't want happening. And that is a huge reason why we push regearing so much. And honestly, a lot of times when I'm online, I do a lot of our social media marketing. I don't even mention who I work for or where I work. My message is always gearing, 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 gearing. I hardly ever mention our brand because I really just want to get the message out about the the actual art and and build of re-gearing and why it's important. And they'll find our brand later. I am confident in that. So that is, you know, it's important.
1: I'm, it is. And you reminded me of a friend recently. He has a... Uh... It's an 03 Cummins. And he just had a programmer on it. And he put, I don't remember what size tires, but they were pretty large. And I go for a ride with him. And he's like, man, my truck, this it can't even get out of its own way. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a huge dead spot. Like just, you know, <laughs> taking off from a stop. It's just lagging. And he went somewhere and he got, I don't know what ratio. I think they were 488s. And we ran into the issue that you touched on with the WK build is on the highway. It's like, you're trying, it's hard to keep up the speed. It's just, it was too, it was too much. And I think he called you guys and he got set up with a different ratio where now it drives, it drives like a stock truck as far as the acceleration, the response, those sorts of things with much larger tires. And having felt that, even though it wasn't my truck, I could tell he, the stock gears are not going to work. And these are too aggressive for what you're doing. And, but there is that sweet spot in the middle where it's like, he enjoyed it. Now, now he could pass, he could get, you know, the trailer moving. He could, you know, just drive the truck normally and not have to worry, you know, can I merge over in the left lane and pass or am I going to run out of RPM when I do it? <laughs>
0: right. And that's a huge portion of why we do what we do is one, putting trucks back to their power band after a larger tires installed. But then also um, with the way America is going as far as emissions and um, MPG restrictions, it's getting harder and harder for the big three or even other smaller manufacturers to give us vehicles that we want, that enthusiasts want, that perform the way we want, that aren't choked down with emissions. So, like, for example, the new Toyota Tacoma, which I know is a gas-powered vehicle, but it proves my point that they come under-geared from the factory. We actually purchased one as a company, and we did some testing. And we did um, MPG testing, and we did you know, uh, throttle response and a few other things. And we took a stock truck and installed 488s in it with a stock, like, 32-inch tire, and the truck drove better and got better fuel economy. It was insane. And so that is the kind of thing that we are doing over here and that we want to teach the public about is, like, one, if you're throwing larger tires on, you need to be regearing, and you need to get the right ratio. So yeah. talking to a differential professional instead of your buddies on Facebook is always a good idea because here's a, here's a news bulletin I want to put out there, a little PSA. Pretty much all the ratios cost the same. There is no price difference between a 488 and a 456. If I recommend you a ratio, it's because I want you to be happy with how it performs, not because I want to make more money off of you.
1: That's a really good point. That's a fantastic yeah. point.
0: Always consult a differential professional. It costs you nothing to give us a call and say, "Hey, this is my build. This is what I want to do." And always, always tell us about future plans. Like, "Oh, I have 35s, but this this customer forgets to tell us that in three weeks they're going to put on 40s." <laughs> no, I need to know that. Oh, I need yeah. to know. I need to know. One, how how big is your tires? Do you have an automatic or a manual? Um, do you plan to tow? What are your future plans? How much weight are you carrying? Because another thing that we do when we calculate these ratios is we calculate in extra weight from bumpers or overlanding gear and also rotating mass of a larger wheel and tire. So always talk to a differential professional before you decide on a ratio for you. That way you don't end up doing the job twice. (laughs) Or three times. (laughs) (laughs) Or that.
1: (laughs) What's the best way for our listeners to... Reach out to you guys, talk to you about their builds, whether it's Jeeps, trucks, whatever it might be, and get set up on what they need for their particular application.
0: Uh, The best way to always get in touch with us is to go to our website, nitro-gear.com. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and we are adding more and more tutorial videos and product videos to our YouTube every single day. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Nitro Gear and Axle, or nitro-gear.com, and all of our contacts, phone numbers, emails are all listed there, and we'd be more than happy to answer any question, even if you think it's a silly one, we're here to answer them for you.
1: I can't wait to sit down again and chat with you about the the, the canyons, and gosh, there's a whole bunch of new you know, diesel engines that are going into different platforms than we're used to, and what you guys are you know, working on, what's available for them, what you guys are seeing out of it, whether it's you know, F-150s or the GM half-tons with the diesels or the Nissan Titan with a Cummins or any of those things. Are, I'm really excited to see what you guys are able to do for owners of those vehicles as well.
0: Yeah, we're really excited to get all of the new products out there and try to keep up on the market trend. And then as soon as these new diesels come out, I'll be more than happy to get back on with you and let you know exactly what we have to offer for them and exactly what what the performance, you know, uh, upside is of these modifications.
1: Don't forget, diesel fans, for any information we talked about in this podcast, whether you have a Jeep diesel, you're thinking about building one, or you've got a Ram, an F-250, F-350, a Duramax, and you're thinking about re-gearing your truck, you want to get some of that power back, fuel economy, those sorts of things, make sure and go to nitro-gear.com. You can check out all their products. If you have questions, they're really cool to chat with. There's a bunch of enthusiasts there. They they love to chat with you about your projects. They have you know may, may have done a project that, that you're looking at doing and can give you some tips, or they've worked with customers who have done it before, and they can save you some time and money. And also check out dieselworldmag.com. Make sure you bookmark their page, pick up an issue in a, a bookstore, magazine store, and give those guys some, some support. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.